Hello and welcome to the Triclory Pridecast, your podcast on all things Yokohama F Marinos. My name is Jamie and I'll be joined by Stuart and Tony as we run through the latest news and stories at the Nissan Stadium. Good morning gents, or good evening I should say, in your own time. Stuart, how are you this week? Oh, fantastic, yeah, doing well. Um, looking forward to talking about all the news. Uh, I didn't think we'd have much to talk about, but uh, a week is a long time in uh, uh, being a supporter of Marinos. Yeah, it's been an action-packed week, definitely. And Tony, yourself, how are you? Yes, all good over here. Yeah, had a busy week, but um, a good one. Uh, and a few surprises, haven't we, this week? So uh, looking forward to talking about it. Indeed. And we're going to start off with another surprise uh, for you, gents, because I am going to, uh, as is my want, um, doorstep you a little bit here with a with a little bit of trivia. Uh, I'll keep track of this as we progress through the podcast and the seasons, uh, and come back to you at the end of the year. I'm going to start off with a nice uh, with a nice easy one for you. Who scored the first goal of the 2021 Yokohama F Marinos season? Who scored the first goal? Any guesses? Um, I'm guessing uh, Marcos Junior. That's a good guess. Uh, 2021 first game wasn't. Uh, Gamba was 2020 first game. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Maeda. One note to Tony. There you go. <laughs> the law of averages. Well, that was, Tony, a com- I was going to say. You could go with a lot of averages there and it was going to be Dyson Maeda. So, yes, uh, correct. Sam Fretchie, Hiroshima at home. Uh, a three-all tie. And, yeah. yep, the scorer was Dyson Maeda. So, at that point, you would have been glad to hear that we were already 2-0 down after 30 minutes. <laughs> but, yes, uh, Dyson Maeda scored the first goal um, of the season and he was assisted by, excuse me, assisted by Iwata. So, I'll, I'll press on, Jets. Uh, I think we've, got, we've still got to colour, uh, cover the remainder of the January transfer window. Uh, Stuart, I believe you're going to be able to tie that uh, off for us and, and, and round it all up, yeah? Yes. So to continue where we left off in the last show, um, with the transfers starting at January 5th, so on the 5th of January it was announced that uh, 20-year-old Yukusuka Marinos Academy and youth defender Ko Ikeda who was currently on loan to Sanuki, uh, will return to Marinos. Also on that day, they announced that uh, the, cl- the club has renewed the contract with Yuta Koike. So on January 5th, uh, Marinos announced Yukusuka's own 21-year-old forward Yushiyamaya, who is currently on loan to Kagoshima, will join Yokohama FC on loan until January the 31st, 2023. Let's hope he comes back. After that, uh, on the 6th of January again, um, Marinos announced that the club had renewed its contract with Ken Matsubara. We're very happy to see him coming back. So the next day, on the January 7th, the club announced that the 22-year-old defender Taiga Nishiyama joined FC Yokohama FC. So he made 49 appearances for Aomori and probably wanted to get back home. Um, also on January 7th, um, we were relieved that uh, uh, former Yokohama FC goalkeeper Yohei Takoka, um, top goalkeeper, had renewed the contract with the club. Um, also, uh, that 
The club has announced an extended loan period for 19-year-old forward Takumi uh, Tsukui, who is on loan to Aomori until January 31st, 2023. Marinos announced that 19-year-old defender Shunsuke Hirai joined Aomori on loan until January 31st, 2023. Also later in the day, the final announcement was that uh, uh, Jun Amano, um, will join Ulsan Hyundai FC on loan until December 31st, uh, 2022. We hope he does well there and seems to be enjoying his uh, life there so far. Um, On January the 8th was the last announcement, um, we thought, um, where Marinos announced that the contract with Teruhito Nakagawa was renewed. So that's the uh, final uh, transfers that we that we saw. So, gentlemen, what do you think about uh, Takoka, uh, Nakagawa, and uh, Koike um, being the uh, last ones to sign? I'm pleased that uh, Koike is uh, signed again. He's um, started off. We weren't too sure about him, I think, but he's really grown into into the squad, and he's pretty well signed himself off as a starting player now. So, and he, he looked really good toward you know the, in the last part of last of last year, he was um, really uh, contributing and contributing with some goals and some great assists. So, um, yeah, yeah, really happy with with him coming in again. Yeah, similarly, I really like Koike. I think he's a he's he's a really dynamic player. Um, also, kind of happy to see Matsubara sign on the game for another season. But, but yeah, I think I think Koike's a, a really good, a really good player for us. Um, in relation to to, to Nakagawa, um, you mentioned Stuart it's quite late on in the transfer window for him to be re-signing. And I think um, it's always it's always you're always looking for that 2019 forum with him. And I'm wondering at this point just now if we're if we're just going to accept that that may be. You know the, the outlier, the the anomaly in his career, um, as opposed to looking for him to return to that form and just take what we can get from him uh, from him in a, a season by season basis. Um, but if he can recapture half of that for him, um, then, then we're on to a winner with him this season. Yeah, I've, I feel sometimes that that players step up um, when they're needed, like um, and, uh, and and maybe they lose a little bit of confidence if there is other you know goal scorers. Um, kind of doing doing the job, um, so I, I like last year. He obviously he had a quite a, a long spell out with um, injury and was quite unlucky um, with his uh, I think uh, injuries. But but I wouldn't say he's always been a um, kind of a injury prone player. But I do remember that he came on when he first joined the club. He came on as in a wheelchair for the uh, first uh, introduction to the. The fans, so he took a while to to actually get um, um, back on his feet uh, initially when he joined Marinos. But as you say, yeah, it'd be be fantastic if he was uh, um, in form and uh, he kind of uh, him and uh, Marcos got that spark again. Uh, I think Mar- Marcos again, like last year, he just really you know um, was just I wouldn't say doing the minimum, but he but he was just uh, he he wasn't such an outstanding. Uh, player as the as the previous the previous year, but yeah, I'd like to see Nakagawa again in form. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. And around Marcos, he, 
he sort of fell. He cut for me quite a, a frustrated figure at points last year. I don't know if it was his his body language or you know, but, but kind of looking at him, it, it seemed to me as if he was a bit frustrated with the team. And I think maybe that's uh, maybe maybe as it was as the manager leaving halfway through. It could be anything, um, you know. But I was pleasantly surprised to see him resign because I, I, I kind of had a, a feeling that he maybe wouldn't. Um, so so yeah, uh, I agree. I think they, they two can connect really well and, and have a good chemistry. Uh, and I would, I would certainly like to see a little bit more from, from both of them uh, this season. Yeah, I was a bit surprised with Marcos as well. I, I thought he might have been one of a few players that had probably decided that, you know, with um, Postacoglu gone, that their time or their era, their period at um, Marinos was also up. But he, um, I remember Musket subbed him off kind of early in a couple of matches and he didn't look very happy at all on the bench. So I was just... I thought that maybe uh, that was a sign that he was perhaps not going to hang around. Yeah, and Nakagawa, we can't. It was a funny announcement um, because we went through the whole thing in the in the previous window, the August window, where he was rumored to be going to Kobe to be the one of several Furuhashi replacements. Um, and then there was a big fanfare about him saying that he wants to stay with Marinos because he loves Marinos, etc. Yeah, so I, I kind of wasn't surprised at all that he signed signed on. I suppose it was just maybe one of those announcements that they have to make at the start of the year. Yeah, as I was saying um, uh, be- before, I wondered if uh, his um, signing at the very end was uh, his kind of good good luck thing because, uh, you know, he always comes on last um, to the huddle. Uh, he, he's always like a 30 seconds later than the rest of the players and I wonder whether that's his kind of lucky charm to uh, to wait until the very last but also he had he he had that kind of relationship with uh, Nissan um, and uh, he was like a promised a like a uh, a new car or something um, in the previous year if he could match his uh, his goal totals and uh, he he has the number 23. Uh, Nissan number, so I wonder if he's on a special deal with uh, with Nissan at all. But uh, I don't know about that. Um, but I think we should get on to the the big news um, this uh, transfer season. Uh, we were just saying in the last podcast that um, wow, isn't it uh, fantastic <laughs> that uh, um, Tiago. Uh, signed on again and uh, we were really relieved that he signed on again and then we jinxed it because almost immediately we said that um, the rumours came around that uh, he was to sign with um, uh, New York FC and then uh, in the the press that was uh, pretty well discussed and um, then the club put out the fairly uh, strange announcement that he was uh, negotiating with a foreign club and that uh, Eduardo from Tosu had been signed as his replacement so that uh, has all come in the last uh, almost the, the last week since we uh, we talked yeah Stuart and it's, it's, honestly I'm kind of lost for words still to be honest with you it was it was so quick. Um, if you recall, you know we're in the group chat uh, and, and I kind of wake up sometimes to this sort of news, uh, which can be pleasant and, and, and make a good day or, or ruin your day before it starts. And uh, yeah, I was totally um, blindsided by this one. N- never saw it coming. He he renewed, as we mentioned last week, 
I think it was in the 28th of December and, and you know thank God he did obviously because it's guaranteed the club a pretty substantial transfer fee I think it's the biggest we've ever received actually um, but you missed a key word Stuart from, from the club that he's going to uh, which is New York City FC um, because I think it's very important to mention of course that they are a, a cousin uh, I think you would call it or you know in some capacity that have an existing relationship with Yokohama F. Marinos and obviously uh, that, that's played into other factors as well across the, the City Football Group but um, I mentioned in last week's podcast that for, for me I think he's um, I think he's the best central defender in the league and uh, well he was I should say and uh, probably a most important player um, in, in a lot of ways and this is quite staggering um, kudos to the club for, for immediately turning around and, and seeking a replacement and Eduardo who um, from what I've seen of him is a you know certainly I've seen more of him at Kawasaki but you know a big strong physical central defender who seems capable and seems to have performed well wherever he's been in the league um, but yeah, you know, I don't staggered. I think is the, the best way to put it. It was definitely a rude awakening that morning when when I saw the the news come through. Um, I thought we'd um, done with all our transfer news for the for the year, especially. I mean, particularly the outgoings. I, I thought we might have had one or two in, incomings, and we were semi expecting Anderson Lopez to come in from Wuhan. Um, I said last week that. You know, we we can't do Ange ball without Thiago, and I was probably a bit hyperbolic and overstating it. But we definitely played a lot better when Thiago's in the in the team. So um, it was pretty. It was a it was a pretty big blow. Um, I suppose we'll have to see. Hopefully, um, Eduardo can come in and perform a similar role. Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, I don't know the circumstances about... I can't recall the circumstances of uh, why he left Kawasaki. But um, I think uh, he was going to go to Gamba, I think, but he meant he... At the last minute, he stayed on with Sagantosu. Um, yeah, so hopefully... I mean, hopefully he it's not too much of a, a drop in quality and he can, he can perform a very similar role to Thiago. Um... Um, yeah, I think I read also that um, I think New York City FC had also been after him for a, a season or two, and we'd rejected we'd rejected them. So um, whatever machinations were going on over there, and because they got rid of a, another centre back not long ago, probably with the expectation that Thiago was coming in. So um, yeah, well, at least um, we'll we'll get a bit of a bit of money shuffled around the city group into our bank account this time I think um, you guys would maybe be able to put a, a figure in dollars on this better than I would I think the fee is around 300 million yen Stuart is that right? Yes I think it was initially rumoured to be 500 but uh, yeah 300 million I mean it's a lot of money um, you know it's, it's, it's a, for a guy who signed a contract six weeks ago you know that's a, a significant um, amount of money for us, and and obviously it's allowed the club um, to turn around, as you say, and immediately re-sign that replacement. Uh, sorry, sign that replacement, and also bring in Anderson Lopez. Tony, I, I hadn't realised. I mean, I'd, I'd seen a rumour about a month ago, but I hadn't realised that um, Anderson Lopez had had sort of been viewed as as, as a likely outcome. Um, do you know anything about him? Or do, do either of you know anything about his uh, his previous career? Uh, I did see him a few times when he was playing for Supporto, and he, 
he seemed okay, but I think um, I think amongst other J League watchers, he didn't really stand out as a super impressive player. Um, I wouldn't, maybe not along the lines of just another Brazilian J League player, as um, maybe Alan Gibson might might say. But um, of course, I think his most famous highlight in the J League is when he uh, jumped the banners, jumped the banners, and fell down into the into the gutter, into the very, very deep gutters around Sapporo Stadium. So um, uh, it would be a bit nicer if he had some uh, more goal-oriented, actual goal-scoring feat-oriented uh, highlights than the than the celebration. Yeah, there had been a few stories um, in the press. Just uh, room, I suppose there would have been rumours, but I suppose, um, the way rumours work in Japan particularly certain publications it seems that uh, if once it's sort of in a paper it, in, once it's in a certain paper or two then it looks like it's in the works so um, yeah I think um, with the ACL this year we, we need as many bodies as we can so hopefully he can um, he can provide something on um, I'm assuming either up front or on one of the wings one of the one of the either Maeda or Nakagawa's uh, side of, up front there yeah, I, I did. I do remember him um, with uh, Sapporo, and his, uh, if we, if you look at this one one highlight where he was playing with us, and uh, he he was really fast uh, um, compared to our our players, and uh, so it was. Uh, um, I, I didn't I didn't know that he'd gone to gone to China, and um, there was a, another rumor going around, and uh, that um, uh, Eric might be uh, coming back to. To Marinos, and then, then that was uh, kind of said. Well, you know, Eric's uh, um, Japanese uh, working visa had expired, but uh, Anderson Lopez had gone to China uh, more recently, so st- he still had an open uh, visa for for to work in Japan. So that made it easier for him to to come back, and I think um, so. That means that he can come, uh, I guess, directly back and uh, start training with the the team whereas Eric would be in the uh, the current uh, um, corona uh, immigra- immigration uh, limbo situation where even if he did want to come back he, he probably couldn't get back um, until the the government changes the the regulations so I think it'd be very difficult now to to get players um, come to to actually come in to get new bodies uh, coming into Japan. So I think it's a little bit of a weird situation that we're we're in at the at the moment because it, as I say with the uh, the immigration situation um players moving within Japan is a lot more likely than um new players coming in whereas um like a Tiago leaving will have no problems to to go to to New York and uh, get settled in there. But um for for Thiago himself, um, you know, like uh, I, I think um, you know, maybe situation is a little bit different now. You know, as we say with the the corona situation here, and um, you know, maybe more attractive to him and his family to to go to America um, um, uh, to to be able to travel back more easily to Brazil, even though it's a, a long a long way. But just to live in New York would be, yeah, I think a, a lot of us would. Uh, like to spend a couple of years living in New York, so you know I don't I don't blame him for taking the um, opportunity. And you kind of wonder though, with um, this this is the first probably the first um, inter 
uh, a City Football Group transfer that we've had. And uh, if you think about how the money would work, you know, the, um, you know, to for for a City Group, if they wanted to to put money into Marinos, then this is uh, you know definitely a way to a way to do it to to transfer money from America to to Japan in. Uh, with uh, trans with transfer fees, but and they're they're getting a very good player in uh, in exchange. But um, you know, if if it if it had been another club, then maybe you know Tiago could have gone earlier, and uh, we'd have no uh, um, transfer fee um, in that case, as we as we mentioned. So you know, you wonder how the how the money flows in these cases. Yeah, sure. And I think you're you're speaking um, very practically there, and, and it makes a lot of sense around. You know, uh, Tiago's family perhaps wanting to, to live in New York because of you know it has occurred to me that with the rise in, in uh, uh, the quality in MLS in the past few years and it really establishing itself as a, a really viable league for for players to go, you know how attractive would it be for guys who want to go and live in LA or go live in New York and, and play professional football? And I think that's a, a good point. Um, just to, to mention as well earlier, you mentioned about Eric and I noted yesterday and actually I was going to bring that up as as part of the news because. Chang Jung Yatai, his, his, his current team, um, have signed another forward, uh, a Polish forward called Eric, funnily enough, with the exact same spelling. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's looking as if he's going to have to leave. And that's, if it is, you know, as a result of just logistics and it being easier for Anderson Lopez to get back in, then that'd be, that would be really sad because uh, Eric was a terrific player for us and I would have, I would have liked to see him uh, back in uh, back in the, the trickler. Yourself, Tony? He's you know, the number one player that I've been wanting back since he left. I mean, there was a bit of a kerfuffle with um, with the way he left. I think we um, didn't send the facts in time or something like that. Mm. <laughs> um, so hopefully, um, you know, maybe it didn't work out this time, but maybe if um, things can work out for the August window, we, we might be able to get him back then. That would be, um, I think that'll be the thing that I'll be uh, hoping for next. Um, he was just a mate. He was great. He um, just tore up, tore up the left hand side. Oh no, the right hand side. I think we had Mateus on the left hand side in in um, in 2019, and and Eriki was going up the right there where or where he is now. Um, he's yeah, I think he's a really he's such a fast, dynamic player. He's got a great finish on him. So if we can get him back, I'd be very happy. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just need to wait until uh, next season now for, for any any chance of that. So, yeah, I think that, do you, what do you think? Should that round up the, the January transfer window? Um, I, I can't really see, in fact, the, the winter transfer window, I can't really see any more comings and goings, although I would have said the same thing last week. Um, but with that in mind, um, can I ask you both, how would you rate the transfer window overall? Um, based on your current knowledge of, of, of the players we've brought in and, and the re-signings uh, and if I could ask you even to put a number on it what would you give out of 10? So I would I would say like uh, 6.5 now the, the the reason for that is like under under 5 would be terrible but still we did we did lose um, uh, um, Dizer so that that really you know, is is a big uh, loss. Now we've lost um, Tiago, so we're we're down there. Um, the the uh, the the points to make it up to six point five are the the speed in which we um, replaced uh, Tiago with uh, Ed, Eduardo, and he looks to be 
you know a, a good player and i and i do actually um you know i i don't remember players from other clubs so much but for for both uh, both eduardo and um anderson lopez i do i do remember them so i i feel that you know they must have impressed me um as uh, opponents in in the past um the other collection of players we've got yeah i think uh, fairly fairly serviceable but um it, it's i think it's very difficult to to judge at this point because in the past you know we you know we were we were going bananas about um you know players that um were were coming in from brazil and then they they didn't have such a good season and then there were unknown players that um uh came in that that uh you know really um did well i don't i don't think we really you know like were were that impressed that uh, Dyson and Addo were coming it's like oh yeah they they've been around a little bit uh, you know they haven't shown their full potential but uh, yeah they did they did well so um i'm going to say 6.5 how about you tony yeah look my i think my gut reaction is that i'm a bit underwhelmed um i I'm going to put it around about a six. Um, I don't want to prejudge any of the players that have come in, uh, so I'm happy to, you know, get, let them play, you know, play the season, and and um, hopefully they'll be able to do a job for us. Um, but just for a team that, you know, we were a clear second last season, but we were also there was a clear gap between us and first. I'm just a bit worried that we don't seem to be ambitious and we're not looking like we really want to try and bridge that gap between second and first. Um, I, there's a lot of um, good work being done by teams below us, like Reds. I think they're going to have a very good season this season. Rodriguez um, has been doing really well with them. They've really... Um, they've gone through kind of a similar rebuild to what um, Ange put us through in 2018-2019 so I, just, I don't think we've, we've done enough to keep you know keep pushing towards first place but you know maybe I'll be surprised maybe Nishimura for example will be a great replacement for Daizen um, uh, yeah that's probably maybe uh, Nakagawa can get back he was on the way back towards his better form last season even if he wasn't quite there but hopefully that progress can continue um yeah uh yeah so a bit underwhelmed and we're gonna have a heavy schedule with acl and compressed year with the with the world cup at the end of the year so yeah i'm happy to let let it play out and see what happens but i'm a bit worried to be honest yeah i think uh i think i would agree i think i would Give it a bit of a, a lower score, though, um, gents. I think I'd probably be shooting more for the for the fours, or the potentially even the threes, because looking at it on paper, we've lost the best defender and our, our best striker. Uh, and yes, the club have made efforts to replace them, but to the point you made, Tony, you know, it was never about for me getting into this transfer window. It was about trying to kind of bridge that gap to, to first place. And it was, in my opinion, a pretty substantial gap last season. Um, despite losing three or four players over the course of the year, Kawasaki just keep motoring and keep powering on. And, you know, I think the onus is really on us to go out and try and show that intent and and uh, and, and, make, and bridge that gap. But, you know, you don't do that by 
by selling your best uh, central defender, you know, two weeks before the season starts. Um, and yes, there may be other factors and considerations in there, and, and maybe the fee was too big to knock back. But um, yeah, I, I just I don't I, I think I'm, I'm happy with the uh, with the players that returned as we mentioned last week. You know, that's that's been it's been good to get the you know Marcos back and, and a few of the other Brazilian guys amongst the nucleus of the squad. But yeah, um, both in terms of timing and in terms of the overall efforts to try and bridge that gap to first. Uh, I don't think it's been a particularly strong transfer window and I think to your point as well Tony I, I think this, the league is going to be tough this year um, not just Reds as you, as you mentioned quite rightly um, but I think Kobe as well have signed uh, you know, we spoke about earlier on the requirement potentially to sign more internal transfers as a result of uh, you know legislation around visas and people entering the country in Japan uh, I think Kobe have, have Managed that about as well as anyone in the past year or so by by signing premier Japanese international players from overseas, and uh, you know using that Furuhashi money on top of the other money they've got to to try and um, build up a squad. So yeah, I think I think we're in for a tough fight this year, and, and as it is, I don't really know how well we have equipped ourselves for that fight uh, this transfer window. But as you both said, time will tell, and we could be sitting here in March or April, ten points clear. You know, uh, when Nishimura had 12 goals uh, in 10 games, you know, who, who knows? Um, but if it's okay with yourselves, I think we should perhaps move on to some of the other news uh, and, and wrap up, uh, finish off the the transfer window because I believe there was a, a training match this week. Um, now, this may just be an update because I don't think anyone has, has seen it. Um, but there was a, 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 and for those who aren't familiar, it's, it's something I've, I've, I've rarely seen outside of Japan. But there was a training match played against some Fretchi Hiroshima. And it was, uh, I think I might say it's three 30-minute uh, halves or three 30-minute thirds, I should say. Uh, the score finished 2-2, uh, 0-1 two, two, and 0-0 zero, zero of those three, uh, three games, making a total score of 3-2 to San Fredzi Hiroshima, with Marcos scoring uh, both goals. So if I could ask yourself, Stuart, what do you know of that game? Um, I'm guessing you haven't seen any highlights, because as far as I know, there aren't any. Um, but in your experience of watching those sort of, uh, games that are broken up into three, in fact, I'm just reading it, is it 45 times three? Yeah, sorry, so it's three forty-five minutes. So, yeah, uh, have you been to any of those games before? And, and generally, what's it like watching football for that length of time? Yeah, I think we, we used to go and see those matches at um, Marinos Town, and that was in, that was in during the, the season where they would uh, schedule a, uh, a friendly against a, a local club. Um, you know, sometimes it was against a kind of a university club um, sometimes against you know Kawasaki or some other uh, ne- nearby club and they would play the the three times uh, 45 minutes um, and uh, during that time they're they're aiming to rotate all the players like even the goalkeepers so they, they would have you know maybe three goalkeepers and uh, um, like ev- everybody would get a chance and uh, there so uh I think the Hiroshima one, um, you know, it would be nice to nice to uh, win win that one. Um, I think Kawasaki had a fantastic match against somebody. Do you, do you, does anybody recall who who it was? They 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 scored a lot of goals the other day, which is a pretty scary. Um, but uh, we had that we had that match, um, uh, which was on the fifth, and then uh, before that, actually on the second there was a match against uh, uh, Yamagata same same format and that was 2-2 so in in that match um 
uh, uh, Leo uh, Sierra and uh, uh, Takuma Nishimura scored. So it's nice to see that uh, Nishimura scored in in uh, his match. So you know, I, I don't think there's much we can really comment about it without actually um, seeing it. But you know, the, we we haven't won any of our uh, uh, training matches so far. So you know, maybe that's the big takeaway. Yeah, from what I've seen of the training matches, um, we tend to, yeah, we go through the whole squad in the first two periods and then usually the third, usually the third part is there's a whole lot of trainees and, you know, B-teamers and pretty well all the main main players are all, all subbed off by that time. So I think we actually popped the losing goal in that third period against Stanford, yeah, so hopefully uh, that was the case that we just had all the trainees on the pitch at that time. Um yeah, the Montedio Yamagata game was. Oh, it was good to see us play against them, um, against our old assistant coach Pete Klamoski and um, one of our old um, one of our old learnees who's now become a permanent uh, member at Yamagata. Uh, uh, Yamada Kota was the, one of the scorers for for Montedio, so uh, I'm glad he's doing well, and I hope that they're up in uh, J1 next year. It'll be it'll be nice to see another team with a few Marinos connections uh, in J1. Indeed, yeah, so uh, we'll keep you updated on those training matches uh, as they take place over the coming weeks and hope some improvement uh, would, be, uh, would be good as well. So I'll move on um, just to, to mention a couple of new species related to the club, uh, although in the instance of, of both as former players. So Tony, you and I last week chose our favourite of our players uh, for a time watching Yokohama F Marinos. I mentioned uh, Saitaro Tomisawa, and you mentioned Shingo Hyodo. Uh, well, it must have been they must have heard us, or they must have been appalled, or they must have just thought that was the pinnacle of their career, and it's not going to get better, because both players have retired uh, in the past ten days, and uh, a move that in some way has to be linked to, to our comments. Um, so yeah, Shingo Hyodo announced his retirement after a few months with with Saga Mihara. Um, I was really surprised. <clears throat> Excuse me to see the the numbers. Hyodo uh, played for Marinos for eight years, uh, three hundred and fifty eight games and forty five goals in his time at the club. Um, with the F Marinos English News, the fantastic F Marinos English News Twitter page, noting his important role in winning the Emperor's Cup in two thousand and fourteen. So yeah, Tony, I guess we'll come back to you for comment on that. Can, can I get your thoughts on on Hyodo? Um, yeah, I mean, I, he was a great utility. I mean. In the true sense of the word, utility player. He he was a he was a midfielder. He could play both. both he could go both ways. Um, he wasn't uh, particularly um, wasn't particularly flare. He wasn't flairish player at all. He just um, you know pretty well played um, played a you know a straight up and down kind of kind of game. Um, but he came up with some really important moments um i can remember i can remember one i I was looking at some highlights uh i think ah yes i looked at the highlights last week with that um tommy sauer long-range goal against hun back in 2013 and and i think one of our other goals in that game was was a little one-two between hyodo and uh with between nakamachi and hyodo in the box with a back heel in there and Hilda got a, a nice goal there. Um, yeah, he, he was just, um, I think he was one of those players that um, just was a club, you know, one of the 
you know, your proper club man. He really just put in all, all his effort all the time. Um, couldn't really ever complain about him putting in a bad shift. So um, he uh, he went on to, I think he went on to Sapporo after he left us and then on to Sendai. It might have been the other way around before going back to Sagami Hara. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only 35, so it's, I'm surprised he's not going to do a year or two in the in the JFL like um, yep. Hans or um, Kobayashi um, was in at Shinjuku for for a couple of seasons, but um, you never know. We might hear something about that. But uh, yeah, oh, congratulations to Hyodo uh, on a on a good good J League career. I think. Yeah, and I think it's much the same way with Tommy Sawa, Tony. You know, it, it, I was surprised that I kind of went back and had a look at Hitch. I was going to mention that goal that you you discussed there. That sort of um, unbelievable effort. Um, but it doesn't feel like ten years ago, and uh, I was I was kind of surprised to go back and look that he only played eighty five games in his three and a half years with the club because uh, it felt like uh, Tommy Sawa played a lot uh, more uh, than that for us. But yeah, it was you know just one of my favourite players overall, and, and a guy who really kind of had a good career, dropping further back as he progressed, and as you mentioned, kind of moving moving down through the leagues. Um, he played at Tokyo Verde last season. Um, I don't think he made too many appearances. Uh, I don't think he he. he uh, I think he only made a handful actually. And he had, a, a, as far as aware, I'm aware, quite a, a bad injury as well. But uh, he, you know, he's 39 and, and, and pressing on. And as I say, he was playing almost exclusively at, at central defence. I think when I came over to Japan for the for the those famous two games against Kawasaki Frontale away and Tokyo Verde in 2019, when he we went on to to win the title, uh, my, it was my hope to try and go and see. Tommy Sawa play one last time for, for Sagamihara and I couldn't make it to the game on the Sunday uh, and then of course within a few weeks the whole world unravels and we've got no chance of, of travelling so yeah, I regret a mind that I didn't get a chance to catch him one, uh, playing la- one last time but similar to do it looks like he's had a great career and I wish him all the best and, and we might actually be covering Tommy Sawa again soon in another news story because there are quite strong rumours uh, linking him with a coaching role at the club. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anything's been formally announced, but uh, it's looking as if he may um, he may try and get back involved at F Marinos in some capacity. So, Jensen, unless there's any other news stories that you would you would like to cover, um, is there anything else that you'd like to you'd like to bring up? Or is are we finished uh, with the news this week after a, a busy one? Yeah, I think we're we're pretty much. Uh... Uh, finished. Um, the the only the only other news that's uh, popping up a little bit is the the COVID outbreaks at the um, at the the training camp. Like a, I think twice there's been players that have come up. But I would say that that's nothing to to worry about right right now. I think people are getting uh, mild cases, and it's not it's not like a a year ago where where you know it was you know. Uh, Kindly putting the the season in in uh, in in jeopardy for some clubs, like particularly like Gamba, where where they had a, a really bad spell of it there. So I'm not I'm not too I'm not too worried about that. Um, uh, so I think people are out. The the other thing that came up that and then this might be another uh, kind of a prompt for a, a future episode. I I think is that the uh, the draw was held for the uh, AFC Champions. League and we're drawn in Group H uh, against uh, John Book Hyundai Motors FC and also uh, 
Hyong An Gia Lia, um, which is I'm told is known as H A G L, um, the Vietnamese team, and then one more team that will be decided in the in the playoffs. So uh, maybe sometime closer to the, to uh, those uh, uh, matches, we can uh, find out a bit bo- a bit more about those teams and how they're how they're doing. Yes, absolutely, Tony. I think that's going to be. I think absolutely. I think what we do is we we, we ring fence an episode for that. We preview it. And then we do what we always do, which is complain about the impact that it's having on the squad over the course of the season, because it undoubtedly, as Tony mentioned earlier, takes a huge burden uh, on, you know, on the squad. And can I ask just one question? I don't know if you know the answer to this, Stuart. But are the ACL games going to be played in one location again? Or are we able to, to travel across the continent at this point? Because I'm thinking it might, might be nice for the, for the squad to get a small break in, in Vietnam at some point in the next few months, if that is the case. I believe they are going to be all played together like they were last time. But I, I checked the, the location of the Vietnamese team and it's not one of the big cities. They're, they're a big club. They, they've uh, uh, done very well in the past, but it's uh, in the very centre of uh, Vietnam. So I'd be very interested in going there under under normal circumstances. Um, uh, that would have been a real adventure. So, uh, um, But... It's going to be tricky. Oh, I want to say maybe tricky to get there, but uh, no, this this time it's going to be. I believe it's going to be played all together like last last time was. Sorry, Tony, when you go, please. The group stage is going to be held in the last two weeks of April, I believe. So um, I'm not sure at what location, but um, yeah, as you said, Stuart, it's the same sort of format as as last time. So we'll have to wait and see how that impacts the J League schedule as well. Indeed, thank you guys. So yeah, I think we can uh, we could leave it here for this week at this point. Hopefully, next week is slightly less dramatic in terms of news as the players bed in and get ready for the new season starting. So we'll be back with uh, with a match preview uh, of our opening fixture against Cerezo Osaka uh, and potentially maybe joined by one or two guests as well. But as always, thank you very much for listening and, and thank you both guys for for joining me this morning. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yep, and uh, talk to you next time. Yep. Yes, thanks, Jamie and Stuart, and thanks for anyone who's listening. Uh, glad that we can at least pass on a little bit of something about Marinos for Bye. you. Thanks very much, gents. Okay, cheers. Bye.